Hey guys, and welcome to The Drop-Off, a daily podcast between father and son about life, sports, and everything in between. Today, or yesterday, I mean, some massive news dropped. So, the so what's going on is some of the biggest superstars sweepstakes. There's been, like, a ton of, like, there's been, like, the Kevin Durant trade rumors. There's a Rudy Gobert trade that happened this, earlier this summer, which probably factored into this trade, um, that, and... Yesterday, Rudy Gobert's old running partner, Donovan Mitchell, was traded to the um, Cleveland Cavaliers for the for Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, the Cavs rookie this year, Ochaya Ogbaji. Um, what's his name? Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton. Um, three first rounders and two. First round pick swaps. What did you think of the trade? Wow. I just did not see this coming. I mean, I haven't been following that closely, but in my mind, I'd always just assumed that he was going to the Knicks. Like, maybe everybody was thinking that way because, you know, Don Mitchell, I think he's from the New York area, uh, and Knicks wanted him bad. Uh, apparently, the Knicks were only willing to offer two unprotected first round picks and so there's a lot of great questions to talk about with this deal you know besides even just like the trade itself was you know should the Knicks have given up more in order to get Mitchell how does this fit how does Mitchell fit onto the Cavs uh you know are those unprotected Cavs going to be valuable are the Cavs going to be one of the top teams in the east because you know they're more competitive but by by no means are they guaranteed like a top four spot because as we've talked about the east is going to be quite strong at the top next year starting with your Boston Celtics um now we know why Quinn Snyder left and go on full on rebuild and so we can talk about like what does this look like for the jazz uh coming up in the future and so where do you want to start let's just talk about the trade itself um do you think the um Cavs like overpaid i think this in this deal they got a little like less than what the they got for the rudy gobert trade is that like kind of shocking or well how much do you think colin sexton is worth did the Rudy Gobert trade have pick swaps? No. Okay, Colin Sexton, I, I think he for sure was not a part of the Cavs' future. And so the fact that they could, I mean, not get off him because they weren't paying him anyways, but like include him in this trade. And then I think he immediately signed a four year, $72 million extension, which I think is a fair price for him, you know, $18 million a year, especially with the cap going up in a couple years. And so Utah gets a free look at him. I don't know whether he's really a part of the future of the jazz because it looks like they're going full on rebuild, but he's still a really young player. Um, and so he's got time to de- He's got time to develop there. So Utah, I think they got, I mean, I think this is a great haul for Utah, honestly. I mean, you get, a rookie, which is basically a first-round draft pick, Agbaji, who was, I think, the most outstanding player in the Final Four. He looked decent in Summer League. He, he might not be a star, but, you know, quality started in the NBA at that 2-3 position. Uh, they got Colin Sexton. They got Markinen, who, you know, I, I'm he would not be part of their future, but he's probably going to start for them just because he's probably one of the best players on their team. And who knows? A different situation under the development of Will Hardy, like Markinen could be. He was, he was a first-round lottery pick just a few years ago. And so they got young players, uh, a decent prospect in Akbaji. They got the three first-rounders from the Cavs who, you know, you never know what can happen, but let's say they end up being like mid to early, late first-rounders. You got the pick swaps, if anything does. I mean, those probably won't happen because it seems like the Utah Jazz rebuild is going to go for a long time, or at least it's, it's a multi-year process. But you never know what can happen in the future. 
Um, and the fact that they're unprotected, the fact that everything's unprotected is pretty wild because you just don't see that anymore. Um, basically because of what happened to your Boston Celtics, how they fleeced the Brooklyn Nets um, with those unprotected top draft picks. But anyways, uh, it seems like Utah, quote-unquote, won this deal. But, of course, with every trade, you can't – I mean, you have your instant reaction, but you can't really make a final um, – verdict on it until a few years down the line what do you think about the trade well um you can't say um well this one of the people i like watching he says that if you if you win if if you reach your end goal in the trade that means that you didn't get like it's not a it's not a loss for you if you ultimately reach your end goal so um what do you think the Cavs' end goal is I mean, it seems like they're going championship. I, I guess it. I talked a lot, and I didn't even mention Donovan Mitchell, which is kind of the sad part. Is just I'm just I'm not a, I'm not a huge Mitchell guy. I mean, I think if he's the best player on your team, which as Mobley develops and Garland develops, maybe he's not the best player. Um, but if he's number one, maybe number one A on your team, I just don't know where you're going. I mean, we saw the Jazz where he's going. So it's like, is Evan Mobley better than Rudy Gobert? And that's, I mean, the is the Mitchell at Mobley pairing going to be that much more dominant than the Mitchell Gobert pairing? And so he's a small guard. Garland's a small guard. I mean, I think best hope scenario, the Cavs are going to get one of the top four seeds in this year's draft. Or, I'm sorry, in this year's playoffs in the East. Uh, but again, that's that's not guaranteed. And they're pretty much. I, I think this was their last their their chance of getting the best player they could before kind of their cap sheet gets a little um, messier, you know, with the fact that they got to pay all their guys because they paid Garland. Uh, they got Jared Allen Jared on the books. Now they got Mitchell on the books. They're going to have to pay Mobley. And so this is going to be their team for the foreseeable future, at least the core of it. Um, and there's just one gaping hole that's missing, and that's at the wing position. You know, they don't. you need a wing to survive and thrive in today's modern NBA, and they just don't have that. How tall is Isaac Okoro? I don't know. I think maybe he's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, but he doesn't really have like a a big body frame, right? So who's he going to have to go? Who who on their team is guarding Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, uh, all of these guys, even James Harden? You know, they don't have anybody. But if you're expecting like your point guard, your guard defense with Mitchell and Garland is just going to be limited because those are both small guards, right? This is like Portland Trailblazers 2.0, and neither of those are neither of these guys are as good as Damian Lillard. One of the things I'm thinking is on those like big forwards, um, I think they might put Mobley on one of them because like with the height and wasn't one of Mobley's like strengths, he could also like kind of guard in the perimeter. Yeah, but he, you're not going to put him on them full-time, right? They switch on to them, sure. Yeah, he can, like, guard them. But he's not going to be, like, guarding the three the whole time. And so they've got a really interesting theory. They've gone twin towers, right? The big men are back, but then paired them with small guards. So it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch. I mean, they've made their big bet, which, at the end of the day, I like the bold move because it's like, okay, you're the Cavs, where are you going? Mitchell was conceivably the best player you could get. They didn't think they would get anywhere near as good of a player as him in the next few years' drafts. And so, you know, they made their bet, and let's see how it plays out. I think Garland and um, Mitchell are, like, the same overall in NBA 2K. It's kind of funny. So, um, but do you think um, Mitchell can 
maybe they can get him to start trying on defense because he has like a plus nine wingspan, which is super massive. Yeah, KOC keeps on saying like that the Donovan Mitchell at Louisville was a dog, a defensive dog, right? Like he's get into his stance. And then the enduring image from this la- last year's playoffs, one of them is basically Donovan Mitchell being a turnstile. Right? It's not Rudy Gobert's fault. He's the last line of defense, but you have to offer some resistance. You can't just let NBA players into the paint. And so, like, Jalen Brunson was basically just, like, going past Donovan Mitchell every single play and affecting the Utah Jazz defense. And so someone was saying that the Miami Heat would have been a great destination for Mitchell because they would have got that defensive ability out of him. But the Cavs were a great defense when everybody was healthy. And so if everybody stays healthy, if Donovan Mitchell can buy into uh, that defensive mentality and give full defensive effort, because, you know, he, does, he, does, he won't have to take all of the offensive burden because Garland is such a good offensive player. He can reserve some of his energy for the defensive end. Like, there's a situation in which the, they could be like a top team, top three team in the East. Um, and they got one of the best young cores in the NBA. Like, Mitchell's only, what, 26? And so all their players are 26 and younger. Uh, all their main players, at least. And so they, it's not inconceivable that they have a couple more years to grow as well. Did Thibault get an extension this year? I have no idea why. What do you think of him being their wing um, defender? I, I still think Thibel's not never going to be like a 30-minute-plus player in the NBA. I mean, I think he'll give you like 20, 20, maybe 25 good minutes. But because of his offensive limitations, um, no matter how good is he is on defense, at that position, he's just going to be a negative. You don't think the um, Garland and... Mitchell can make up for his offensive liabilities? No, because I think in the playoffs, you just, especially at the highest levels, you just leave that guy open, and then that just messes up the the entire rest of the offense. It's really hard to have a complete zero on offense. Uh, What do you think about this trade from the Utah Jazz side? From the Utah Jazz side, I think it's really good. I mean, do they have more draft picks in the next few years than um, OKC? Sam Presti is offended that you even asked that question. Uh, maybe. I mean, OKC used a lot of their draft capital this past year, and I know they've been throwing out some, like, you know, going to the Knicks and things like that uh, in the Jang deal. But what I think what they do, ha- what they do have is, uh, what are they? They got the picks from Rudy Gobert. They got the picks from, so what, they got seven additional unprotected first-round draft picks. And but then plus eight from I don't know what they had on their own. And there's our friend Nicholas Manley. Recording the podcast right now. Say hi, Nicholas. Hey, podcast fans. See you, man. Have a good day. Uh, oh, yeah. sorry. They also got one from the Royce O'Neal deal. They also got one from the Royce O'Neal deal. Um, they got an unprotected first from Brooklyn. They might not have the most picks, but they definitely have the most valuable picks because all their picks are unprotected, whereas I think a lot of the OKC picks have like different kinds of protections on them. And so, OKC, it's like, or Utah, they got like a blank palette. What I'm upset about is the fact that now the Spurs have more competition for the worst team in the league. That is offending to me because now our chances of getting Victor Wembayana are lower than they were yesterday. Yes. Um, I was thinking Matisse Thibel to the um, Pelicans get, um, who is it, the shooting coach to train his shot. And maybe he can be a quality 3 and D wing. 
What's your obsession with Matisse Thibel? This is a Matisse Thibel morning. Well, anyways, we have arrived at Hyde Park. Actually, there's a lot more we could talk about this trade. We didn't even touch upon the New York Knicks and their situation and the fact that they kind of chose not to um, offer that third unprotected pick in order to get Mitchell. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about, but we've arrived at school. We didn't even get to any books that we're reading. And so we'll have a lot more to talk about next week as uh, and, oh, there's a Hyde Park football game tonight. Where we're trying to become the definitive Hyde Park high school football podcast. So listen in for that. All right, Nathaniel, have a great day at school, buddy. I love you. Bye, Dad.